process here? Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is entitled Weekend. Welcome everyone to Entitled Weekend, and it's been a, it's been a hell of a week. Uh, it's uh, for and that's I guess for lack of a better term. Uh, well, I, it's been it was really difficult, and you guys know this, uh, Robin Bill. You guys know how hard it's it's been to decipher what's real, what's fake, and what to talk about. So I guess that's a good thing as far as what we do, but. Boy, for the Patriots, I, I guess it's 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 all the way, you know, it's hard to distinguish. So um, I guess what we'll start with first is the injury and all the reaction to it and of it and through it. And and Rob, what did you think about when well, first of all, the news came out and then just the scrambling of the media to report what they thought was going on. And then he was going to get a second opinion. And then, you know, the entitled town guys already talked about the cat fucker uh, and his quote unquote report. But uh, as of today, Mac was on the practice field and he's obviously not playing in this week's game against the Packers, but it's just it's from from Sunday to today. It's just been a smorgasbord of shit. Well, smorgasbord of shit is a perfect way to describe it. It's also the modus operandi for the Patriots beat writers, uh, predominantly because they don't get anything from Bill Belichick. He doesn't give them anything. He's not Dan Campbell from the Lions who stands up in front of the Detroit media and basically tells them, hey, guys. Just let everybody we're going to play in the next two or three weeks know they don't have to worry about DeAndre Swift because he's going to be out for two to three games. So you can just not worry about game planning. But to me, I never understood why more coaches don't operate the way Belichick operates. Why on earth? You don't owe the media anything. Why are we giving the media some sort of, you know, giving our opponents a competitive advantage by doing the media a favor? You know, you don't owe them anything, nor should he be giving them anything. I love the way he handles the media. But back to like the way that, you know, that whole thing transpired was, you know, when Mac hobbled off the field, you know, when I saw him hobbling off the field, I was like, uh oh, you know, I thought if we're fortunate, he's not out for the season. Just the way that he looked, the way he wasn't putting any weight on it, it just looked really, really bad. And then he was being carried into, you know, they had that AP photo where he was being carried into the locker room and looked like he was in agonizing pain, to which Patriots Twitter responded by, you know, questioning his toughness which was idiotic, but, um, yeah, you know, so Belichick gives them nothing. And then it's basically diagnosed by Dr. Adam Schefter, who tells everybody what's going on, what's wrong. And then, you know, Belichick's press conference on Friday was, I thought the, the, the best thing of the week. It was the only thing of the week that really brought a smile to my face because the way the media, you know, I said this during the, uh, Udoka stuff, you know, in the absence of any 
confirmed information or any factual information, what the Boston media does is they immediately dive into speculation mode. And then that speculation festers into fact. And that's exactly what they did here. And I thought Belichick did a really good job of calling them out on on Friday. You know, they, they kept saying, they kept asking him, oh, well, you know, it's a high ankle sprain and it's a third degree and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what are you even talking about? I never said that. Nobody in this organization ever said that, you know. And then he brought Ty Montgomery up as an example. When Ty Montgomery got hurt in the preseason, he told him, he said, you know, we all we said was he was day to day. The same thing we told him, we said, told you about Mac. And then you guys jumped in and said Ty Montgomery was going to be out for a month, out for two months. He's never going to play football again. And then he played in week one. You know, like you guys don't know what you're talking about. So stop speculating. And they just can't stop speculating. And I think the problem with them is they have too much time to fill, you know, other than the fact that they hate the, they hate Belichick and they, they want to make him look bad at every turn. But um, and the fact that Mac was out on the practice field on Friday, he didn't really do a whole lot. But the fact that he was out there, the, the narrative quickly switched from Mac's not tough to how dare the Patriots put him in danger. <laughs> you know? It's just like, they just can't win. But this whole week has been just absurd. It's been absurd. And it's been borderline comedic. And I really loved the fact that Belichick called them out on their bullshit on Friday. I really loved that. Yeah, both uh, press conferences from uh, September 28th and 29th, or again, I recommend you listen to both of them because they were just masterclasses in how to handle players, especially injury related, you know, and we'll talk about in a little bit uh, of somebody how not to handle of a, a injury of any sort of, uh, you know, Mr. Swaggy McDaniel over there in Miami, but uh, Bill, what did you think of the Matt reaction and, you know, from him potentially, you know, playing this week, even though he isn't, but then the Patriots allegedly wanted him to get the surgery that would keep him out for four plus weeks in an attempt to rush him back. I mean, it, there's so many, there's so many, so many different stories that people wanted to make just because they hate, uh, you know, for me and where it comes from, for me. They just hate the Patriots and they, and like Rob said, they have to fill time. And it, you know, if they don't fill time with this, then well, what else are they going to talk about? The Red Sox? <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, classic, you know, example from pop culture check it off on your entitled weekend bingo board. But everybody that recalls Anchorman re- recalls Panda Watch when they're doing daily reports about the pregnancy of the panda in the zoo. That was Mac watch this week. It was yeah, or, all... or, or the giraffe, the giraffe pregnancy. Remember that one? Oh yeah. It's, it's just time and time. And again, these stupid updates that tell you nothing. If they're seeking a second opinion, it means there is some level of uncertainty. So then somebody takes that and says, well, uncertainty could be that they don't agree. And if they don't agree, then, oh, there could already be a rift. There's no rift. And there's clear evidence as to why. Mac Jones and Bill Belichick were sitting in the back after their press conferences. After Mac did his virtual, whoever gave him that poor angle where it made him look like he had the world's largest head, shame on them. But they, he did his press conference where he's like, talk to Bill. And Bill's like, I'm not a doctor. And they both say day by day, one snap. They are in the back cackling about that because they coordinated it. It's very clear that they didn't want Mac answering questions on it, nor should he have to. So they said, talk to Bill, and they put Bill after him and had him talking later. And then when Bill talks, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. 
because they're going to they're going to you know smear Bill no matter what he says. If Bill went out there and did the you know jacked and pumped Lions coach Campbell and said, "Oh yeah, no, Max out a couple of weeks," they'd be like, "Why is he giving it up? He's never been like that. Is he desperate? Is he trying to get us to like him now?" It's it, it there's no win for him here. And he knows it. So he takes the lightning rod. So the rest of his team doesn't have to. You know what we've all forgotten about was people insinuating that Trent Brown wasn't happy after week one. You know what we forgot about? Countless stories like that over 20 years. Because Bill Belichick says, I'm going to take the slings and arrows so my team doesn't have to. It's a, just a fact of how he operates his team. He does not want you to like him at the podium because then you're talking about him. If he's not giving you information and they say talk to Bill, it's Bill's responsibility. The players aren't giving you the info. So the Mac watch and the response to Belichick's press conference and everything else is just an example of why Belichick has been successful for 20 years. It's all an operation to protect his players because at the end of the day, no matter, you know, and people really like to rehash this with the Brady talk and everything else. He says players win games, players play games, players make plays. He's there to do a job and his job is to make the players successful. And he sees an operation of that success being deflecting attention away from the players, taking some of the pressure of the media off of them by being the key holder to some information and then talking to the media in a very coded, short-ended way with this stuff. It's been what has made him largely successful for a long time and why there are very few players in this league that have played for Belichick that don't like and respect him. And if they don't like them, odds are most of them respect them. There's very few that don't. So uh, the whole thing boils down to media overreaction. Um, you know, obviously looking at the news down in Florida and, you know, in my, you know, in Miami with the, with the concussion, the Tua and comparing that as the week went along and, you know, somehow ankles are head ankle injuries or head injuries. Um, and they're both the same though. They probably are to the dolphins. Um, so it, it's just this, you know, never ending cycle of the Patriots can do no right. And it speaks to why Belichick does what he does. They're not going to like it. And he's not going to change because it's what's made him successful for 20 years and what has protected his players for 20 years. You said it exactly right. It's if if he said, and I, I hear so many of these, well, I see so many of these fans on social media say, well, why doesn't he give the information? It's his job. He's supposed to do that. Because if he does, well, then, yeah, he's 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 going away from what he always has done for 22 years. Sorry, one more thing. Remember when he was smiling in the preseason and people made that out? that he was talking to some like consultant about his image that the Patriots were making him talk to because Kraft wanted him to be more likable. That's why he doesn't talk to you. You get like, because when he changes, you think, you think that's nefarious. I don't really know what that means. So I can't answer the question. Like this is, this is just prototypical. It's he smiles. It's nefarious. He frowns. It's nefarious. He gives details. It's nefarious. He doesn't. It's nefarious. No matter what he does, he cannot win with the media. And he knows it. And he doesn't give one solitary fuck. But you know who does? The team. Because they don't have to worry about it. 
anytime they don't want to answer a question, it's, oh, Bill's got the reins on them. They can use Bill as the ultimate scapegoat to never talk about anything if they don't want to. Dante Skarnecchia didn't like talking to the media. He hid in the corner of one of the Super Bowl pressers in the, when they were out on the field. He hid on a corner because he technically had to be on the field. Nobody really noticed it. Nobody really talked about it because Bill Belichick is always the story there. He's the one keeping it closely guarded. He's the one with the keys to the information kingdom, and he keeps it that way. And the players can give information. We've seen people like Gronk, like Edelman, um, give information to the media when they want to about themselves, about their injuries, about their future, etc. But when they don't want to, it's ask Bill. And there's a reason for it. It, it, it endears him to the players. And do you think um, Green Bay has spent any time this week thinking to themselves, is Matt going to play? You know, if they spent a few hours having to just adjust a section of their game plan just in case he plays, then that's exactly what Belichick wants. He, you have to you, you, you create doubt in the opponent's mind as opposed to, as I said before, people like Dan Cam- or Mike Tomlin is another one. And I like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin stands up in front of the media and basically holds up x-rays and goes through them and shows them the injury. And, you know, what are we doing? Why are we giving the opponent the advantage of knowing who, who's going to play and who isn't going to play? It's so ridiculous. It's a matter of if you believe it's relevant or not. And a lot of people don't. They think a lot of people say that's not a huge deal. You know, the, the game, they have so many people on staff and all this, but you know what? If there's a chance it helps, Belichick is going to do it. Even if he's not sure it helps, he's going to, if it's keeping it close to the vest, it's going to help. He's going to do it. And so speaking of uh, people who don't keep their uh, <laughs> injuries, injured players to the vest, um, it, talking about the swagmeister, Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins, uh, Thursday night football, terrible concussion to Tua, and boy, if heads don't roll here, then I don't. Then you know what are we doing in this league? Because they deserve every penalty and fine. They ignored his previous concussion that he had four days earlier on Sunday against the Bills. He was had trouble getting up, and now all of this, and then even in the press conference, he was. Mike McDaniel was just uh, taking any type of of leave of responsibility and putting it towards whoever, and it was it was just unbelievable. But again, it's no problem for a guy like that because you know as long as he's got his Yeezys and as long as he listens to MF Doom or you know any people like that, it's okay. But if that was Bill Belichick handling, and people tried to compare what Bill Belichick is doing with Mac Jones to this, the injuries are not even remotely similar. No, they're not. It's, I I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to start by saying I want the right people to be penalized. If it was the, you know, if it was the guy that got fired today, that was the unaffiliated and it was, he gave poor information to the doctor from the dolphins, um, then right thing to fire him. And I would turn Tua into Sua. Sua, he should be suing that doctor at that point for malpractice because that is a dangerous situation he was put in. 
what I think regardless of responsibility and the investigation will see that out and you know hopefully the PA follows through on doing what they say and it makes it very transparent and open I have a hard time believing if one doctor failed to notice these things that another doctor didn't you know sort of gloss over them as the team doctor and the team doctor does have final say on releasing people back into the game um, but uh, looking at it all it's the response from the Dolphins it's changing the injury report from a head injury to a back injury. It's, you know, saying I would do the same thing again for McDaniel. It's the nonchalantness of the concussion to the point where he's like, oh, no, we were watching McGruber on the flight home and he was laughing. That's fine. Do you understand what the fuck a concussion is? Because wait, that, wait, like, wait, they were watching McGruber. That's that. That's the biggest problem out of all like, of like, like that, that in <laughs> itself could be a no-go symptom. But it's just it. One, you're not supposed to look at screens that quickly after a concussion. I mean, I'm not going to get into playing, you know, sideline doctor here. It, but the nonchalantness of being like, what, he was watching a movie, he's fine, is insulting to everybody who's dealt with concussions. And I feel like at this stage in 2022, most people have known people who have had pretty significant concussions. You know, I've seen people who have had to, um, who were offered jobs and not able to sign on because they had severe concussions um, because they wouldn't have been able to accomplish the job. I've, you know, had a concussion or two myself. Um, You know, we, we know, everybody knows somebody at this point who has had pretty significant concussions and concussion symptoms. They're scary. And the scene with Tua on Thursday night should be the last time that we see somebody remotely put in that position. There should be automatic, if you have a concussion, an automatic one-week set. I know it hurts teams. I know it does. You're out the next game. Doesn't matter when it is. Doesn't matter if it's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. You're out for one game. And then you assess it. And you truly treat from there. Significant concussions are obviously going to take longer. But for me, this isn't about like, let's fuck with the, let's fuck up the dolphins or let's fuck it. It's about somebody could have died. Like it's not, it's, it's not a stretch to say if he had a concussion on, on the Sunday previous and had a second concussion, that can be fatal. That can be fatal. So I just, I really want to be clear that like, we're not talking, you know, you know, what color uniform are they wearing? Which jersey are they in? That was to his life. And I'm glad things seem to be better than it looked on the field in terms of, how, you know, the symptoms for him and what have you. But I, I do hope that they have learned from this, both on a league level to change policies and on a team level to make the personal approach with Tua a longer road to return to make sure that he is truly safe and healthy for his future, because that's the only thing that should matter to anybody that's paying attention to this story is the health and safety of players and specifically the health and safety of Tua. Well, I mean, we were just talking about Bill Belichick putting on a masterclass in, you know, dealing with the media about an injury. I think what we saw from Mike McDaniel is a perfect example of the difference between a play caller and a head coach. You know, a head coach is the CEO of the organization. He, the buck stops with him, as we were just saying with Belichick. And the lack of professionalism and the, the lack of understanding of how serious this is, not to mention, you know, 
people are, you know, gearing up to go after them, which they very well should, you know, um, it, exactly what you said when they converted the head injury to a back injury to cover their ass. I mean, we're not stupid. You know, everybody saw what it was. Everybody's seen the video and, you know, of him starting to walk and wobbling and almost falling down and having to get picked back up and then taken out of the game. And I, I mean, everybody saw that. And then when they put him back on the field four days later, you know, and then he takes another hit and then we see what we saw, which was just really, really tough to watch. But I mean, you know, this is an organization that also within the past six months has, you know, been credibly accused of offering coaches money to tank games. That's been tampering with division rival quarterbacks, you know, that's, you know, shit canned the, the one coach who actually is a head coach and turned their entire organization around to hire, you know, this weasel that they have, you know, coaching them now. I mean, this organization is a tire fire right now. You know, they might be three and one. And I know a lot of people get all excited to watch Tyree kill run around on the football field, but you know, with no, with the inmates running the asylum, that never works. And from what I've seen from Mike McDaniel, there is absolutely no way that guy is qualified to be a head coach in the National Football League. He just isn't. He might be an offensive coordinator, but that's about it. And, I mean, it sounds to me from listening to him and listening to the way the Dolphins are still trying to spin this, that they're sending up these trial balloons to see what the public reaction is going to be if they stick him out on the field again. You know, maybe not this week, but the following week, you know, or at some point this year, they're like, well, he is doing better. And then they're like, wait a second, let's see what people say. They have every intent of getting his ass back on the field. And I think they'd stick him back on the field this week if they could. He gets one more concussion this year. That's a problem. <laughs> you know, that's a big problem. That could potentially be career ending, if not kill him, you know, mm-hmm. and to entrust your safety and the safety of this. Guy, like if that were my son, absolutely not. You know, I'd be I'd be demanding a trade right now. Like, you can't trust that organization to, you know, this is a serious, serious thing. And Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel's acting like, you know, his his quarterback is the one with the high ankle spring. You know, it's just really sickening to see. I I would just say that I think a lot of people in Boston are extra like extra sensitive to this um, if they follow the Bruins because of the Mark Savard issues and the concussions that cost him a lot of his career. And we might not love the dolphins but i don't want to see a a kid's career cut short by head injuries i don't want to see him you know paralyzed i don't want to see him you know with cte at 40 i i just i i want the kid to be happy and healthy like you know at the end of the day he's a human being and i think we talk about this you know off and on throughout this podcast is like these are not you know this is not madden they aren't like little you know you know toys for our amusement these are real human beings with consequences to the game they're playing and i'm just i'm baffled by the cavalier nature that the dolphins are handling the pr side of it and it does make you feel a little suspicious that they may have been a little bit more you know, neglectful of it than, you know, than they're saying they were at the outset based on that cavalier response. And so, you know, the, the investigation will, will clear things up, but I, I, I truly, you know, I, I truly hope that moving forward, there are people that advocate for Tua because as we've noted a few times, people with concussions can't advocate for themselves because they're not thinking clearly because they have a fucking concussion. 
it can debilitate your thought processes. Oh no! According to according to celebrity callers and car salesmen on Twitter, a, a grown a grown adult male who has a concussion can apparently think for himself. That's what I hear. Well, the uh, the one thing I forgot to mention that I really wanted to bring up is uh, the I don't know if you guys saw the Rich Ornberger tweet. The uh, he used to play guard for the Patriots for I think three or four years, um, and it was the same night that uh, Thursday night when Tua got hurt. Rich Ornberger tweets. Very thankful today for the Patriots trainers and medical staff for the way they handled my concussion in 2011. I was out on my feet. They took it seriously, and I spent the rest of the year on the IR. They saved me from myself. I would have rushed back in if they let me. They didn't. Prayers for Tua. That's how you handle a concussion. You take it seriously, you know, and what Miami's doing right now is reckless, and I don't think it ends well. For all the talk of Bill Belichick being this ruthless strict head coach you know because he has a tardiness policy or because he holds his players accountable for mistakes on the field he holds them accountable for mistakes off the field he cares about his players he would rather lose the super bowl than have their lives impacted he would you know he's not rushing people back into dangerous situations he's oh like people think he's not a play like you, you hear the term players coach and you think mike tomlin you think Mike McDaniel because he's, you know, talking about his Yeezys and like th- there's a, a, a there's a a, prof- a a personality profile people associate with players coach. There's a lot of ways to be a players coach. Bill Belichick is a players coach because he protects his players. He'll hold them out with injury and the med- he'll listen to the medical staff. He won't push the medical staff to get people back on the field in an unsafe circumstance. And he will protect them from the media by take being that that lightning rod. He is just. That's how he's a player's coach. He might not be, you know, he might not be going out and grabbing drinks with them and hanging out and watching MacGruber with them, but you know what? He's caring for them. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of the players appreciate that. And, you know, some of them want a McDaniel, uh, a Tomlin, somebody who's really that, like, that sort of boisterous personality. And that's fine. But there's a lot of people who just want their boss to do right by them and to protect them in all the ways that they should to be successful. And that's what Belichick does. So speaking of the uh, Tua injury and concussion, we uh, there were obviously a lot of takes when it initially happened, but one of the most egregious and, well, blatantly racist tweets that came about was courtesy of Lou Maroney, he of the bankrupt... Uh, Odyssey, uh, W-E-E-I. And, uh, yeah, they're going bankrupt. But uh, he tweets out, and now he's throwing gang signs. Two is done tonight. So we saw, we all saw how egregious that that tool was. We saw him put his hands up, but apparently that behooved Lou to tweet that. And then he got caught from it because obviously it's 2022 screen it, it screenshots are forever <laughs> it's just you, you have to be held accountable for everything you say and you know he starts doubling down and says oh well i you know that's why i deleted it blah 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 i mean it shouldn't be surprising that these are the type of people that cover boston sports i mean just absolutely irredeemable terrible people on all fronts but it's just another example, isn't it? How is he not fired for that? Like, 
I mean, I ordinarily don't advocate for people losing their jobs for things they put on Twitter, but considering some of the things that people have tweeted that they've lost their jobs over, I mean, how do you go on with that? Like, how, how does that, how does, how does he walk into work the next day and nobody says anything to him? I, don't, I didn't listen to his show because uh, it makes me borderline suicidal whenever I hear WEEI programming, but I don't understand for the life of me how he walks into work did he even address that on the air do we know did he at least i, I know he he deleted it at the speed of life but as Shaq said you know somebody you know obviously somebody's going to grab it but i mean how many drinks do you have to have in you like like what's going through your mind when you know you you not only think something like that you say something like that out loud to your friends and then you think it's a good idea to pick up your phone and put that on twitter like i i don't understand how somebody's brain you want maybe he was concussed i don't know like what was he doing that that was ridiculous um and you know listen it's while it's 2022 we all know that companies and organizations exist somewhere in the 1980s in terms of understanding these things and so if it's deleted it's not on there anymore oh we can't prove that it was actually him and it wasn't some sort of screen grip you know the famous Greg Bedard, you know, excuse for hiring the person who had a lot of um, anti-Asian rhetoric, um, Loiko. Uh, and so that, the classic, you know, oh, no, those could have been altered. Some, somebody supposed, sent me supposed screenshots. That's whatever. Yeah. I, and then there's the I was hacked and this and that. Like, I will give, and, and this is hard for me to say, I'm going to like. The, sort the, of, old, the old Darrell Rivas trick. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to sort of choke on my spit a little while I say this. I give him a modicum of credit for not doing that, for not saying I was hacked. You know, like he at least owned what he oh, said. He couldn't. He couldn't. There's no, no way. He, no. He, and, and like when I say credit, it's sort of like, you know, I, I credit algae with its ability to stick to the side of a ship. Like it's like I credit the function that, you know, the very basic piece it should have. But it, it's this it's so people are so quick to want to be you know the 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 leader in the clubhouse with engagement on these takes and fencing arms are something people should know by now the fencing arms that go up and the 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 way that your hands contort like that's that's what happens to you if you're in a severe car crash and impact your head like that's a response you have from a car crash he's laying on the ground having the response he would after a severe car crash and he's throwing up, he's, you know, talking about throwing up gang signs and trying to make it into you know, some joke. Again, you know, I don't know what he was saying was stupid about it. Probably, I hope he was saying that all of it was stupid because it was stupid because the guy's, you know, was in significant danger at that point. Like his health was on the line um, laying on the ground there. Two, there's a reason that he said he was throwing up gang signs. And we all know that there's a reason Lou is saying that he was throwing up gang signs. He's not saying that if Julian Edelman is laying on the ground, making those same hands. So, you know, I don't make those accusations lightly. There's a, there's a track record with Lou and the track record is pretty clear. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, it's just insulting to everyone who wants to buck the Boston is so racist mentality that somebody gets a venue like that 
and uses it in that way. Because you know what everyone's going to run with? Classic Boston. Every And you know what? Can you blame them? Can you blame? Could you blame Miami fans if they see that and pick it up and run with it? I would be offended if I saw a radio personality doing that for a Patriots player from elsewhere. How much I've given Ted Johnson for years a hard time about the Vince Wilfork's wife comments while he was down in Houston. Like, of course, you're going to be offended by those types of things when they come up. And so I can't blame fans for being like, well, and then that just adds to the motif. And it's this irresponsible bullshit that comes out from sports radio. And we see it routinely wishing people outlive their children. The Roy Holiday plane clash with Felger, plane crash with Felger going, wee, and talking about all the, you know, talking about how reckless he was and that he didn't care about his family because he was doing something so dangerous. Like, what are we doing? With this, with the, you know, and, and part of me is like, do we have the media we deserve as a, as a, as a, as a sports city? Are the fans really that, that dense, are the, you know, yes. and, largely, I think they are, you know, I think the people that are listening to sports radio, largely, yeah, I, I think the people that are looking to consume the product and not be offended and, you know, not be, you know, spun into the hot take purgatory that is EEI or 98.5. I think that, that there are a lot of really good sports fans here, but unfortunately, because of the success of Boston over the last 20 years, the sports radio, sports media, and the loudest fans get response and get noticed. And they are the leaders of what our city is represented as. And that helps with the Boston is racist image. One other thing with the Merloni thing too is, you know, I text with a lot of friends when we're watching games and things like that. And when that first happened, like it, it was almost like the game stopped. Like everybody I know who watched that, their gut right. reaction was they were horrified. They were like, Oh my God, is he okay? You know, like nobody was, nobody thought that was funny that I know of except for Lou Merloni, you know, Merloni, a former athlete, by the way, you know, like it was well, watching that, that. That's in quotation and, marks. <laughs> right. I mean, but, you know, somebody who, you know, if there's anyone around who should have the mentality of, you know, you know, these are real human beings on the field. These aren't just, you know, this, this isn't a video game. These are real people. Anybody who would like watch that. I know no one. And I mean, I hang out with some pretty tasteless people and I know no one who thought that was funny. I know no one who was cracking jokes about that, except for Lou Merloni, who not only was cracking jokes about it, he was doing it publicly, which essentially just tells everyone, kind of confirms what we already knew, that the guy is just nothing more than an unwashed asshole, you know? Yeah, I mean, Sh Shaq, I, it's one of those things, I just... I, what what is the hiring what like what what are the hiring qualifications for these radio stations like is it none. you know none like it's <laughs> you know it's moral compass optional you know being a total dick preferred two years of experience you know sucking your own cock like i i, I don't i don't understand the the requirements because it's the self-aggrandizing self-loving bullshit angry where it's, well i would i would say i would say it's angry white and aggrieved but you know that's just me mm -hmm. nope i think i think you've largely hit it there but I, I i think it's i do think it's very much this like self-love as well it's like nothing was as good as when i played 
for the for the athletes that jump in. Nothing was as good as when I played. These guys are all soft now. These players are all soft. These players are all okay. You know, concussions. Like you can hear it. You can hear it, and it's just endless. And I'm just at my wits end with the you know the ability for them to continue to be this asinine and people to lap it up. <clears throat> so I want to talk now about the uh, the Packers game coming up, and this is going to morph into another topic about <laughs> about this team being. I've either tanking or being terrible or whatever, whatever the hell people want it to mean. But I don't know about you. And we've been talking about this in the chat. I think they have a really good shot at this game. And mainly because I think that this is going to be a run the ball game. And I think this is going to, they're going to run the ball a lot. Is Madre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and, you know, whoever else can get the ball and, and, and run it up the gut, because I think that is what's going to um, keep them honest and, and you know, keep Brian Hoyer, you know, not having to, to lift lift the ball up all the time. So I, I and I think that that would make the offensive line who, you know, they've been, you know, sort of steady and sort of not. It, it's been off and on the last three games, but. I think that this would be a game for them to just, you know, bear bear down and and, and run over people. So that's just my thought on the on the game. What do you think about it, Bill? Yeah, I I think they've got a good shot. I mean, we were talking before we started the recording about the um the odds and that they were around, you know, they've rotated anywhere from eight and a half to eleven and a half over the span of the week. Um and everyone recognizes that the Packers have averaged 16 points a game, right? Like it's a small sample size. We've talked, you know, again, I think I've said this in every pod this season, the first month of the season, you're feeling things out. Could they come out and be better than that 16 points? Sure. But we have a good defense that, you know, they got gas. They got put in some bad turnover spots last week there. You know, it's hard to, you know, they had probably, you know, the leader in the clubhouse for MVP this year on the other side. Um, last week was a, a tough week for the defense, but, Rodgers is not as physically gifted as Lamar Jackson at this stage in his career. I, I'm sure I'll hear from Rodgers people about that, that very bold statement that, you know, prime Lamar Jackson is a little bit more physically gifted than, you know, th- you know, th- late thirties, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he is. And I, I, so I think what you're looking at is a team that likes to establish the run. They like to utilize the running backs a lot in with the Packers, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. We've got a decent run stopping defense. Um, they do not have a high end wide receiver and our cornerbacks have been acquainting themselves really well this year in coverage. Um, so I, I just, I have a hard time seeing this being a game where they're going to be scoring, you know, 30 plus points. So then it comes down to the offense can the Patriots run? I don't think it's a coincidence that um, Marcus Cannon was um, called up from the practice squad. I think we could see the famous from last season 6-0 lineman set. Um, I think you could see, you know, j- major jumbo packages coming out. Um, and that might activate some of the tight end passing that people have been clamoring for over the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying that Brian Hoyer is going to light the world on fire, throw for 400 yards, five touchdowns, and it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be a drag 
but if the but the Patriots have every opportunity to win this game if they avoid turnovers, can run the ball, and play on defense as they're capable to and showed in the first two weeks, and really start to show that week three against the Ravens was more about who they were playing and the situations they were put in by some unfortunate turnovers versus the uh you know versus a, a condemnation of how the good that defense is because I, I do think they're much better than they showed last Sunday yeah you stole a lot of my thunder on this game I think um you know not only do I think the Patriots have among the best you know running back tandems in the league Green Bay so far and again as you said a small sample size through three games is bottom of the barrel bottom of the league in rush defense um, so I think that's going to be a big part of the game. I think it would have been a big part of the game, even if Mac Jones were healthy. I think they'd be running the ball a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff. Um, they're going to try and obviously keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. But that Packers offense hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire either. Um, that points per game average is inflated by the Bears game they had where they scored 24 points. Other than that, they scored seven against the Vikings and 14 against Tampa Bay. And the 14 against Tampa Bay was in the first quarter and they got shut out the rest of the game. So, I mean, that offense is still, you know, treading water and trying to figure things out. They don't have really a go-to receiver. Um, you know, I, I think the Patriots secondary matches up really, really well with that receiving core. I think the injuries for the Patriots, if the Patriots were going in there fully healthy, um, and I'm talking about injuries outside of Mac Jones, um, I think Lawrence Guy not playing is a big deal. Um, I think he's quietly one of their better defensive players. He's really, really, really stout against the run. Um, and I also think uh, Jacoby Myers um, being, you know, not being there. He's such that chain mover, that sort of big third down guy when you got to have it. He's always either open or he brings the ball down. I think him not being there is kind of a big deal. And, um, you know, I really would like to see a little bit more Kendrick Bourne in our life. Um I think, you know, something's got, I, I think offensively, I think the Patriots get a bad rap. I mean, they're in, um, at the, in the top of the league in fewest numbers of three and outs. Um, their average yards per play, they're in the top of the league. Explosive plays, they're among the tops in the league. I mean, they're moving the ball. They're, they're getting yards. They're doing these sorts of things. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot with the turnovers. So it, it, in, my, in my estimation, I think if they don't turn the ball over, I think they can win this game. I think it's a very winnable game. If they don't turn the ball over and they can successfully run the ball, which are two things I think they can do. Um, you know, I, I obviously, I don't think Brian Hoyer is that bad. I don't understand why, you know, I think most of the people who are shitting on Brian Hoyer, specifically national media people that are shitting on Brian Hoyer are people who haven't seen Brian Hoyer play or people who are basing it on that chiefs Monday night football game last year, which um, the guys on the mothership correctly pointed out. Um, you know, th that wasn't your average football game. He found out he was playing 24 hours beforehand. They flew down on two separate games day of the game. The game got moved from Sunday to Monday. And, you know, and, and it's a little different going from a Mac Jones game plan to Brian Hoyer running the offense than in that game where you went from Cam Newton getting the, you know, the, the reps all week long. And then all of a sudden Brian Hoyer grabs the game plan and says, oh, okay, I'll run this. You know, I, I just think he gets a bad rap. And as Hoyer said in his press conference, if he wasn't any good, he wouldn't be on this team. It, it's really that simple. Uh, you know, Belichick would not have him on the team if he didn't think he could come in and keep his hands on the 10 and the 2 and not drive the car into the ditch. So, um, yeah, I think 9.5 is way too many points. So if you're a gambler and 
don't listen to me because you know obviously i'm a honk so but i, no, I listen, just as listen, soon as... listen listen to brian listen to brian barrett right right yeah. Ironhead? right so i mean i don't know i i think they're i, I always think they're going to win but i mean i think this is going to be a good game if they don't turn the ball over i think we win the game yeah, so we we don't have any emails today, which is surprising. Uh, Vinny, you're slacking. Um, entitled talent, entitled weekend at gmail.com. Entitled talent at gmail.com is the regular email. Um, so we'll get right to final thoughts because Bill has a very interesting one that involves a clip. So, Bill, you're up first. All right. So I rarely am triggered to the extent I was by things I scroll through. Um, I, I, you know, I get mad. I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. And then I move on. Colin Cowherd put out one of the fucking stupidest takes I have ever heard in my earthly existence. And it has sat with me since I heard it. It has like owned like listen, if he, if his job was to was to rile me up, success. Um, Shaq, do you wanna? Launch that clip. If I was into conspiracy theories, there would be seven ways to leave on your terms and hand the owner a mess. Tick off the greatest quarterback ever until he leaves. Hire your kids on the staff. Draft a very limited quarterback next. Spend a ton in free agency on players who don't make a difference. Rehire guys who were disasters as head coaches on your staff. So you have no heir apparent when you leave. There's nobody in the building that can be it. Assign them to roles they're not comfortable with. Overdraft your first pick. And then ruin the culture by letting players constantly leak stuff and don't call them out. Then at the end of the year, retire. Yeah. Okay. So this sounds like the South Park underwear gnomes. You know, step one, (laughs) steal underwear. Step two... Nothing. Nothing. Step three, profit. <laughs> profit. It, yeah. It, so it is endless to me, the number of stupid things with this take. Yes, Belichick intentionally ticked off the greatest quarterback of all time. Listen, <laughs> no, no, uh, wait, before before you continue, I just love that they have a graphic made for it. Like, yeah. like it was necessary. Right, right. It was outlined like it was a fucking shopping list. And he was going to cross <laughs> it off. So, yeah, tick off the greatest quarterback of all time. We've long labored over that. I'm not going to get into it. The ones that really bother me. Limited quarterback. Limited by who? Limited by what? Limited where? He was having, you know, and the turnovers were rough. Like, but that's growing pains. He was having one of his better days, moving the ball down the field, throwing deep, arm strength there. People who are in the know were talking about how good he looked in that game prior to the injury. Mac Jones is only limited by the stupid thoughts of Colin Cowherd in his mind. It, it, there is, there, you know, li- limited quarterback is insulting. Overdrafting a guard. I'm sorry, has Cole Strange not been exceptional so far this year? Has Cole Strange not been one of the better offensive linemen on the team? And dare I say, one of the better guards in the AFC this year. He has been as a rookie. And so I, you know, and clearly people are going to test him as the year goes along and people have tested him. He's given up like one QB pressure, if memory serves, but he's been exceptional. Oh, bring back disaster head coaches. Josh McDaniels says hello and sends his regards. 
Was he not a disaster in Denver? I think he would have been categorized as a disaster by Colin Cowherd. And he returned to be the offensive coordinator to multiple Super Bowl victories. Oh, no, but put them in places they're not, they're not comfortable. Yes, the evil plan of Belichick was to get people to take money for jobs they didn't want. That is, it's, it's, he's so sinister about that. And so there's no heir apparent. I'm sorry, do we not have Gerard Mayo on the staff? Do we not have Steve Belichick on the staff? We have some pretty clear people who would be candidates for heir apparent if Judge or Patricia is not that guy. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are saying, oh, I wouldn't want that. Have your opinion. But there are people who are talented enough to be the heir apparent. The most insulting thing about this is that Bill Belichick would want to sabotage a team. The admiration he has for his time in Cleveland, the admiration he speaks with about the Giants organization, the admiration he speaks about his former players with shows that he respects every opportunity he receives, and he is truly honored to have them. He doesn't have to say it because he shows it. You know when people say, don't talk about it, be about it? Bill Belichick, be about it. He don't talk about it. He be about it. And I'm really tired of hearing people give these sinister theories and bullshit because Bill Belichick has done everything to show he respects everybody that has given him the opportunity. When he leaves the Patriots, which will happen at some point because he will eventually retire, he will speak positively about the Patriots and Robert Kraft and the opportunity he received, just like he does the Giants, just like he does the Browns, just like he does the Navy. He, he talks about it at every step of the way. Can we just not with this? Colin Cowherd might be the dumbest motherfucker on the planet this week, and the Dolphins medical staff exists. Like, what, what a tremendous douchebag. And that's my final thought. Well, everyone on that net, that network is uh, well, FS1 is you know terrible and irredeemable. So that goes without saying. But yeah, that was it, yeah. He's he's just a mess. Uh, Rob, what's your final thought? Well, just real quick before I get to my final thought, um, in case you're keeping score at home, that is not Colin Cowherd's worst take ever. Colin Cowherd actually said this on the air at ESPN, and it's the reason he got fired. I consider this to be the Joe DiMaggio 56-game hitting streak of shitty takes that will never be (laughs) eclipsed. He said this on the air, quote, I don't believe baseball is complex. A third of the players in the sport are from the Dominican Republic, which has not been known in my lifetime as having, you know, world-class academic abilities. So in other words, Baseball can't be complex because a third of their players are from the Dominican. And as we all know, they must be dumb. That to me, you'll never eclipse that. That goes up on the wall and just leave it where it is. And every other ridiculous, (laughs) you know, Colin Cowherd for his entire career has been pulling his pants down, bending over and launching weaponized diarrhea all over his listeners. And that the, the Belichick take to me comes in second only to this one. But yeah, there, there's a difference between fan angry and life angry. And <laughs> right. that, that one, like, uh, I'm fan angry about this one. Um, the, the Dominican one is life angry. I mean, that is, is, it, is it just me? Is it just me? Or are all local local sports people who become national? Are they just all douchebags? Like, uh, that's another story for another day. But it just seems to me like they're all, ugh. Well, he was, he was rightfully fired after that absurd nonsense. 
But then he was immediately hired by FS1, so he could give us takes like Bill Belichick's tanking because he hates Robert Kraft takes. But I digress. Um, so my final thought, uh, this by no means, so just so we're clear, I'm going to preface this by saying this is not a vouch by any stretch of the imagination. But um, my thoughts on the the Patriots at this point in the season, moving forward then through their next six games and tomorrow, were encapsulated beautifully by and no, I did not hit my head, Tom E. Curran, who said, and I quote, in my experience, when they're backed into a corner, Bill Belichick teams are at their absolute best. I don't know what happened to him, but I could not possibly agree more. I was thinking that during the week that, you know, whenever they're completely counted out, that's when, you know, Belichick's Patriots not only rise up, but they rise up and shock people by kicking somebody's ass. They don't just like, win on a last second field goal. I'm not saying they're going to kick Green Bay's ass tomorrow with Brian Hoyer. If they do, whatever. But I do think it's a winnable game. But if it doesn't go our way tomorrow, not all is lost. So I just want to give Patriots fans a little bit of hope. So, But I'm going to say, hypothetically speaking, they win tomorrow. All of a sudden, they're 2-2. Two and two. So all these prognostications of doom are out the window. Their next six games after that, home for the Lions, at the Browns, home for the Bears, at the Jets, home for the Colts, home for the Jets. Those are six games that they can win with Brian Hoyer, with Mac Jones, what have you. So they go two and two, all of a sudden the sky is not falling anymore. So um, that's what I'm here for is to help Patriots fans kind of, you know, ignore the noise, as we say, and, you know, remain in that little realm that we like to call toxic positivity on this show. So <laughs> that is my final thought. Um, they win tomorrow, and all of a sudden they're staring down the barrel of the uh, the the more the more winnable games on their schedule. Awesome, awesome. I, I think that th- these these uh, next few weeks are going to be great to see. Um, I, I was saying in the chat uh, a couple days ago that I, obviously you don't want Mac Jones injured, but. I'm really interested to see how the team uh, rallies around Brian Hoyer and see what happens. And, and I, this is not necessarily a win for Mac Jones game, but I, I'm re- this is this is kind of like a this this is where the team kind of <laughs> you know does does their little no nobody thinks we can win type of thing. So I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, and real quick before uh, we move on to your final thoughts, Shaq, I just thought this was really funny. It just popped up. So um, while we're recording this, Alabama just finished beating Arkansas, and Bryce Young got hurt in the second quarter. He looked like he injured his shoulder. He was on the sideline with a helmet on, so he um, he didn't come back in and play, but he was hurt. So Nick Saban was asked how Bryce Young's shoulder is after the game, and guess what three words he gave them? <laughs> day to day. Day by day. I love it. I love it. <laughs> It's awesome. They're cut from the same cloth. What can you say? Saban and Belichick. I mean, the best of the best. So my final thought is, now, that's a good segue, Rob, when you were talking about if they if they do lose, it, all hope is not lost. But that's not the case, according to a lot of fans and a lot of media people. And what I've noticed over the last... Well, I, I would say few years, but really these this offseason into the season, there are just people, whether it's fans, quote unquote, or media people 
and I put that in quotes as well, that are rooting for the Patriots to be bad. And it isn't just because they want to tank or they want a high draft pick or anything like that. That's that's one thing. And that's okay, whatever. But there are just people who are just itching for the Patriots to be terrible. So I guess if the Patriots are terrible, that checks off their box that says, hey, I knew Bill Belichick was bad. I knew he sucked. And this this season is proof of that. And one of the guys who just seemingly has a crawl up his ass, who just hates everything about the Patriots, is Vito Stellino. This, you know, insured drinking asshole who just who covers the Jaguars. You know, his bio says Hall of Fame sports writer, which, you know, couldn't be more of an oxymoron than that. He says, you know, and um, Alex Barth, he quote, he quote tweets Alex Barth's uh, quote from Bill Belichick's press conference saying, does Mac Jones have an eye equal sprain? Bill Belichick says, why do I look like a doctor or orthopedic surgeon day by day? And Vito Stolino says, you look like Bill Belichick, a coach who hasn't won a playoff game in the last three years, giving his typical nine answers when he knows high ankle sprains usually sideline players for several weeks. So... What 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 this, this and this right here is what the crux of these media people are. They hate that Bill Belichick makes their jobs difficult. They hate the fact that Bill Belichick makes them do work. And so anything that allows them to not have to do work, whether it's the Patriots being terrible, which I guess in their mind makes the Patriots irrelevant, or them them being good so that means they actually have to do work it's really interesting but my question is <laughs> if you want if you don't if you want don't want the questions answered the specific way why ask in the first place it doesn't really get mentioned enough it's if it's your job to get answers why are you going to ask the same questions over and over and over again just to know that you know that you're going to get a non-answer it just seems useless to me but except now they just want the non-answer because they want to make the non-answer the story. It's 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 really unbelievable. And you know, there's a reason why I you know Vito Salino has escaped death because he's literally a walking zombie. And you know, I just love that Bill Belichick makes beat writers do work. And I'm just glad that he's the coach that I root for on my favorite team that I root for. And I don't know if anyone else could could yeah, no one else could get away with that because of the success that he's had. And and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, that that well, the success what have you done for me lately? Well, what he's done for me lately is made the playoffs. That's what he's done. And you know, with everything that's happened this season, I have no 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 uh doubt that it could happen again. It's, even with all with the injury to Mac and even with the injury to a lot of these guys, you know, Taekwon Thornton is coming is hopefully coming back in the next few weeks. So I just love it. I just love that Bill Belichick makes their jobs difficult and makes them work. And, you know, that's the least that you can do is work. So that's going to do it for entitled weekend. Thanks for listening. As always, again, you can email us at entitled weekend at gmail.com. You can catch the you can catch bill at the fib 0624 you can get rob at hoodie supremus you can get me at 
Atomic Dog 5150. And until next time, turn off your radio slugs. All the pretty girls stand up. All the pretty boys stand Sweat. up. Pretty boys in the Sweat. building. Sweat. This right here is my sway. Sway. All the girls are on me. Sway. Everybody pay attention. Soldier. This Soldier. right here Soldier. is my Soldier. pretty boy sway. <laughs>